Romans 1, 18 through 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exhausted the glory and, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature, and the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedience to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Well, this is Thomas Nelson. I'm with Will Carlisle and Katie Dickens, and this is a a heavy passage mm-hmm. and a big chunk of Romans chapter one, basically the second half of the chapter. What we start off with is the the theological concept called general revelation yeah. that God has revealed Himself through creation, so that you generally will understand as you look around. There's got to be somebody who made all this, mm-hmm. and that's not. It's not special revelation. That's not like handing someone a Bible and saying, read all the words of God that he's given us. Mm -hmm. But God has designed his world in such a way that we look and we say, I'm really small and something out there is really big. Mm -hmm. You know, and Katie, you said a second ago, it's springtime. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to look around as, you know, the, the, the trees are starting to bud and the flowers are blooming and, uh, and say, man, this is amazing. This, this, and as a Christian, you look and you say, clearly this is the hand of God. This mm-hmm. is so powerful. Um, but w- what do you think though? Because these folks just like us saw all that God had done and yet turned. So mm-hmm. what, what stands out as we look through this passage? Yeah. Speaking to the general revelation verse, verse 20, um, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. I, thought this tied really well to our recent recent study of Ecclesiastes. Think of Ecclesiastes 3. He's put eternity into man's heart or even, um, you know, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky proclaims his handiwork. We just see this repeated over and over in scripture and um, just in daily life. If we really slow down, if we're still and 
we look at the world around us and just truly marvel at the intelligent creator behind it all. Um, And I know we were just talking about how it's hard not to watch, for example, one of my favorite shows, Planet Earth, and <laughs> oh yeah, just learn about creation and the in- intricacies of it and how mind-blowing all of it is and not see there is so obviously a hand behind all of this that's in control and put all of this together to point to him. And mm-hmm. um, so I think the passage just speaks to that really, really beautifully and then also shows you know, towards the end, what does it look like to turn from that God and to refuse mm-hmm. to acknowledge his existence, to refuse to humble yourself before him? We see what that looks like, which is, you know, very dark and just the opposite of perfection and beauty um, that he's designed us for. Yeah. Yeah. I think the one of the first places my mind goes when I read this is why is it here? And, you know, we, we read a lot of Romans a lot of the times and it's a lot of the really powerful gospel passages that we're going to get to like Romans mm. five, Romans eight. Um, and we don't talk about this passage quite as much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so why does Paul come out the gate with this like super heavy um, talking about God giving people up yeah. mm. and you know, like zooming out Romans, it's, it's the longest epistle by Paul. It, right. It's uh, really like a theological treatise. And, and we're coming off yesterday's passage, Romans 1, 16 in our famous verse, 16 and 17, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Um, and then he goes on to talk about, uh, he, he mentions, as is written, the righteous shall live by faith at the end of verse 17. Mm-hmm. And so really what what Paul does through a lot of Romans is he unpacks like what is the gospel and he contrasts this idea of the law, like the, the old law, how sin entered the world through the law yeah. and how now the new law, the, the law of the spirit of life has set us free from that. And so we have the righteousness of God on clear display. And, but before we get there, what Paul really clearly illustrates for us here is the unrighteousness and the brokenness of humanity. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's easy to read this and and feel heavy, but really what, what this passage, we should feel heavy because this passage is taking us to these, these great moments of all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm, that's right. um, and, and Paul is really trying to lay that on mm-hmm. the the heart and conscience of the reader so that when we get to those moments of, but Christ has set us free from the law. We're no longer, as Romans 7 says, we're no longer under the law, or maybe this is Romans 6, no longer under the law, but under grace. Yeah. And yeah. it really adds so much power and gravitas mm-hmm. to those moments. I, I I totally agree that this is a building moment. Paul's Paul's got his, as I heard one man say, this is the the Mount Everest of Paul's work. You know, mm. it's the it's magnum opus. It is. I mean, it's just incredible all that mm. he put together that through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's just amazing. And he is building to the the salvific plan of Christ and faith in God and the grace of God. But I think there's a couple other 
things in here. One, well, you alluded to it. Sometimes we avoid this passage now because it does talk about homosexuality and we're like, okay, do we, do we even want to address that? And, you know, conservative Bible churches will say, yes, we'll address homosexuality. It is a sin. And Paul certainly says that's one of the things that God has, has allowed people to be turned over to. But he goes on and he also says um, he gave them up to a debased mind and they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness. And then he lists some, lists some things that um, you may say, well, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not homosexual, but what about the unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit? I mean, he goes on, he just lists a whole bunch of stuff. And you're like, man, that all of these things are part of the wrath of God. And you got to ask, why would God just pour his wrath out? Yeah. And I think what we're seeing here is it is the Lord disciplining folks so that hopefully they come to the end of themselves. They hit that rock bottom Mm -hmm. by getting a full dose of the life they thought they wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, sometimes that's what a good parent has to do. If you have a, if you have a child who is, who becomes an addict, the tendency is to enable that child by always opening the door for them to come back home, by always giving them a little extra money, by helping out. But if you're not careful, you'll enable that mm-hmm. child to never hit rock bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what we see in God's grace here is he gives this general revelation. People choose to, to ignore what they see clearly in creation. They choose their own path. They do their own thing. And part of God's goodness mm-hmm. is that he also pours the wrath out. And what does the wrath do? A lot of times we hear it in testimony after testimony. God lets somebody hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And they hit rock bottom because they pursued the life they thought was really going to make them happy. Yeah. And it turned out to be a trap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of that trap, the Lord was there ready yeah. to free them. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I think what's incredibly freeing is like that's totally true. But that rock bottom is not what what you find at the rock bottom is not a renewed cause for for self improvement. That's right. You find the kindness of God. Yeah. And right. as Paul says later in this book, God's kindness is meant to lead us to, to repentance. repentance. That's right. And and I don't know. I, I I just find it so like hopeful. You know, this passage is talking about God gave them up, and it it mm. sounds so so grave and sad, but really what's awesome is this is the very, 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 very beginning of the book. That's right. And so really, I think like if we think about this, like a plot line, mm-hmm. like God giving them up, it's not the end of the story. It's actually the beginning. Yeah. So what's the rest yeah. of the book? It's God calling his people back. That's right. And God giving someone up to a sin choice they make in their life is not the same as God giving up on them. Yeah. Mm. And that's, sure. that's an important thing to remember because mm. We all, if we're honest with ourselves, can relate to one of these descriptions at the end of chapter one. Mm. We've all been there before. Mm -hmm. And those of us who have Christ know that we were one of those people. And the Lord in his goodness did not give up on us, but he redeemed us and rescued us. Mm. Not Mm. because of how good we were, but because of how good he is. And I I do just want to do like one little note to like the form of this. I think it's so so smart just of Romans like this chapter is so like they them you know like Mm -hmm. they did this they did that and as as the audience like you can kind of imagine just like 
the original audience reading along and being like, yeah, 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 like you're yeah. right. And then verse 32, like, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval. Like, it's like this, they deserve to die. But then the, you know, the, the red dot begins to shift. And like, as you continue to read, you begin to realize like, oh, this is about me. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And we all fit one of these descriptions where we deserve, we deserve basically what we've earned. Mm-hmm. And that is to some degree a rebellion against God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're excited yeah. to continue on in this journey in the book of Romans because there's going to be so much redemption we're going to see. But I think we're out of time today. So for Will Carlisle and Katie Dickens, I'm Thomas Nelson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.